Drug use and developing brain. This is your brain on drugs has been a scare tactic used without much success. What did they get wrong? What were they right about? The campaign to look at the dangers of drug use and the adolescent brain is warranted, but scaring kids about it has not worked. How do we educate youth about the impacts of alcohol and drugs on the brain that won't create distrust and can help them make better informed decisions? Welcome listeners to Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier, and today we're going to talk about, you know, really alcohol, drug use, other concerning behaviors, and really the developing brain. And, you know, sometimes we hear, even say the comments about we all drank alcohol when we were young. What's the big deal about uh, smoking a little pot in teenage years? Alcohol and even drug use is, you know, commonly seen as a rite of passage in like the younger teenage years as parents, family members, loved ones, teachers, educators, you know, healthcare workers, whatever the case may be. You know, there's there's plenty of reasons to be worried about children and youth using alcohol and drugs and engaging in other behaviors. And I have often seen two reactions to this type of behavior, you know, like alcohol, drugs, vaping, smoking, gambling, uh, pornography use is that either it's like no big deal, you know, they're just being teens, they're just being youth, or it's like a, oh my, they're going to become addicted. So very polar opposites. And it can sometimes be exhausting going from one spectrum to the other. And there is, you know, a lot going on right now, you know, with like, certain trends and issues that do focus on the impact of youth. You know, we're talking about the, you know, mental health with what's going on, social media use, uh, pornography use. There's even some trends growing with like marijuana and psychedelics to name some. And even with, um, with alcohol, you know, and since the pandemic began, drinking rates and alcohol sales have been Steadily increasing, and one of the things that doctors have been warning is a concern is that we're seeing consequences related to alcoholic liver disease increasingly affecting people younger than 40. And that's that's young. I've been in that situation where a client or a patient has come to me after meeting with their doctor, and their doctor says, you know, one drink could tip that scale to um, having cirrhosis, which is a very, very a scary conversation but so with all those concerns with with youth and what's going on overall we want to look at the topic of like the impact of alcohol and drugs like on the brain and because because how much of an impact does it have does it mean someone's going to have a problem with alcohol and drugs that they choose to use in their younger years does it mean everyone does it so it's no big deal? Or does it mean a lot of people are going to become addicted because they started when they were younger? You know, all important questions to really explore. And when you look at how it was addressed many, many years ago is that infamous commercial about your brain on drugs. And that's something that we're going to use today to help us understand it is that infamous television commercial known as This Is Your Brain on Drugs. And a little bit of background was, um, you know, in 1997, 
Rachel Lee Cook was 18 years old at the time, starting a commercial talking about the dangers of drug use portrayed with a frying pan and an egg. And if you go to YouTube and type in her name and your brain on drugs, you'll you'll find the original commercial. Well, a little background before we get into it is, did you know that it was not the first one released in the series? It was actually part two of a three-part public service announcement campaign that was a large-scale U.S. anti-narcotics effort by the Partnership for a Drug-Free America, launched in 1987 with its first commercial and introduces us to your brain represented by the egg and drugs represented by the frying pan. Second commercial was released in 1997, and the third and final one was actually released in 2016. Uh, they wouldn't know that. 2016. Um, people are often aware of the 1997 one, but didn't know that there was one released before that, and and didn't know that the campaign continued after all these years. Um, surprising because, yes, over the years, the commercial has been you know, criticized and critiqued for its failure to really address the concerns about youth drug use. And I encourage you to look them up and watch them. And the one I'm going to talk about is the the one from 1997 starring Rachel Lee Cook. And she's in a small kitchen, which has an like at-home diner feel to it. She's holding up an egg and says, this is your brain, before lifting up a frying pan and says, this is heroin. And she proceeds to place the egg on a counter and says, this is what happens to your brain after snorting heroin and slams it down um, as she lifts the pan and the, the cracked egg drips down from it. And this is what your body goes through. And she proceeds to say it's not over yet and smashes everything in the kitchen with this this rage and yelling about what, what happens to your family, friends, you know, job, money, future, self-respect, and basically your life. And she drops the pan and, you know, regains control and asks any questions. And the commercials become pretty infamous with, like, drug prevention, but it didn't have the impact it hoped it would have one of the biggest concerns with it from my perspective is that so many teenagers and adolescents use alcohol and drugs for the first time and the pan doesn't smash the egg meaning they do not experience the consequences that are often talked about after first use you know when they say drug use leads to incarceration institution or death there are plenty of teens and adolescents who use alcohol and drugs for the very first time and those are not the experiences right away when that doesn't happen and when the rewarding uh, and feel good of alcohol and drug use occurs or you're in that setting with others and there's that feeling of like belonging or, or enjoyment, good time, you know, that creates a moment when there's this distrust over alcohol and drugs sits with teenagers and adolescents you know, I was told this was going to happen to me. I experimented with it. I actually experienced this positive or rewarding feeling. And so what they told me was not true. Now, we don't want to avoid or stay away from the conversation about the impact of alcohol and drugs, right? However, this leads to the second problem with the commercial is that it seems like an all or nothing approach. Like either you don't use, which is deemed good, or if you are going to use you're going to end up with a smashed egg for a brain you know which is kind of deemed as bad 
And to me, that's a lot of like all or nothing black or white thinking, right? In regards to the use of alcohol and drugs as a teenager or adolescent. That is not the entire picture of what drug use or even the life of alcohol and drug use entirely looks like. By trying to scare away with the frying pan, you ignore several of the aspects of alcohol and drug use and how it can be a part of anyone's life and kind of ignore how it can slowly start to impact and slowly start to change things. You kind of avoid looking at some of the social aspects of it, the cultural aspects, some of the problems that can and do occur there are not just incarceration, institution, or death. So the experience a teenager or adolescent might have with alcohol and drugs the first time, or even a few times after that, doesn't match up really with what the commercial is portraying, and misses out on some of the things that they do experience when starting to experiment or dabble into some alcohol and drug use or other behaviors. The third problem I have with the commercial is that despite the concerns with alcohol and drugs, the the impact, the devastation, um, use disorders that can develop, there are several teenagers and adolescents who will use alcohol and drugs, who will socially use, experiment, and it will end there. Or it might just continue with social use. You know, more often alcohol and drug use for the majority of the population does not lead to a use disorder diagnosis. So while the commercial may portray what might happen to some people who use alcohol and drugs, you know, research and statistics show it's not what a majority of people will experience. And trying to make it about what will happen to everyone, it's more of a what could happen to some people. Now, the hard part about portraying that in a commercial is there's there's no magic formula that will make that we can make sure to show on this commercial of who that's going to be and as we know it, it could be anyone so there is some truth that it's important to educate on that because it could happen to someone even though for a vast majority it won't and that's that's hard like i'm not gonna criticize that because it's difficult to try and get this message out and educate because the message they were sharing does match with some people like that is no doubt about that now before we get into how i think it could have been improved and how we can work on educating teens and adolescents about alcohol and drugs and the 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 true concerns there are. I want to make it clear. I don't want people getting the idea we shouldn't be talking about alcohol and drugs and other concerning behaviors with our youth. In fact, we should be doing it and doing it more often and younger. You know, I always tell people you're either going to hear it from your your parents, you're going to hear it from professionals like myself, or they're going to hear it from their peers and they're going to hear it from social media. And nowadays, that's getting younger with that opportunity. There is no option where they just don't learn about it, they don't know about it. The, the likelihood someone won't is very, very, very slim. And the, the biggest thing is when we talk about alcohol and drug use and addictive behaviors and all that, it, it's been strongly based on like a fear-driven foundation. 
and I believe that it's more important to base it on a information-driven foundation. You know, the main component missed by the This Is Your Drugs, your, Your Brain on Drugs campaign is actually looking at the impact alcohol and drugs can have on the developing brain, which during teenage and adolescent years is when it's still happening and going through some of its most important years of development. So I want to give, you know, just like a little bit of information on, in relation to brain development and substance use. And this isn't at all the, here's all the information you need. There is tons of information about drug use, addictive behaviors, all that with, with brain science and adolescence. So there's there's a lot out there and this isn't intent to be, this is everything you need to know. But um, in addiction, adolescent is the high risk period because this is when the brain changes to really prepare for like adult responsibility and when people begin to develop ways of coping that will serve them for the rest of their lives. And the brain development is between that age of, you know, they kind of say between 25 and 28. And that's, so when you think about teens, that's not even fully accurate because the teen years is more of like that some of that earlier development, but the full development isn't until even sometimes twice that age, you know, 14 times two, 28, that's double right there. Interesting to know odds of alcoholism for those who start drinking at age 14 or younger are nearly 50%, which is basically like flipping a coin, but they drop down to 9%. For those who start at age 21 or older, look at that difference between 14 and 21. 90% of all addictions begin during adolescence. Uh, Because the brain is in flux, right? It is particularly vulnerable during this period. What is learned during the teen years will shape both the brain itself and the psychological coping skills people rely on for the rest of their life. Uh, unfortunately, the very last brain areas to develop are those related to our feelings and desires, the circuits that you know allow us to like think critically, plan wisely, and master our urges in ourselves. And maybe if the brain developed differently, this would be in such a different situation if some of that stuff were developed earlier, before. Adolescents tend to experiment and try with substance use and other behaviors, but unfortunately it's not until those later years in which someone might be using substances way before that part of the brain is formed. So really the representation of the egg shows it's vulnerable, but it doesn't necessarily illustrate like what happens when alcohol and drugs are entered into the mix. So let's talk about two other ways of looking at it. And when I say mix, I mean, let's stick with the egg scenario. Okay, so instead of looking at alcohol and drugs, crushing and smashing the egg, we should look at it with what happens when you mix alcohol and drugs with the egg, which is like representing the brain. Uh, What do we like to make with eggs? You know, first thing that comes to mind is an omelet and omelets are are one of my comfort foods to be honest and what I'm thinking of is at a cafe about two minutes walking from 
the house here and I go there regularly with a good friend of mine. Often I'll order the, the country omelet, which has got ham, bacon, onions, tomato, um, cheese. And, and the real reason for picking it is the, the country sausage gravy, right? That's why that gets the pick. Uh, you know, to make it a good omelet, you need the supplies, the skills, and the ingredients. So let's let's look at this with like alcohol and drug use in the brain, right? So you would think the ingredients would be alcohol and drugs and that's what gets mixed in with the brain represented by the eggs however there's there's a lot more to it and when you look at risk and protective factors for drug use misuse and even like addiction this is either some of the ingredients being mixed in or some of the ingredients that might actually be absent so risk factors and this comes from the national institute on um drug abuse where risk factors include aggressive behavior in childhood, lack of parental supervision, low peer refusal skills, drug experimenting, availability of drugs, and community poverty. So imagine throwing some of these into the mix, even just like one or two. And now when we're looking at the protective factors that include self-efficacy, parental monitoring and support, positive relationships, extracurricular activities, school anti-drug policies, and, and neighborhood resources as protective factors. Imagine if you don't have some of those in the mix or you have a lot of them. So you can see how this can be a lot of different mixes, right? And different things are in there, certain things are not. And depending on what is, among other factors as well, when you add in alcohol or drugs into the recipe, this can have an entirely different outcome. It's going to taste a very different way, just as if we were taking out the, the sausage gravy and we decided to add in salsa and sour cream, right? And then when that omelet's being you know, made over and over again, and, and these are the ingredients that are being applied, now we can start to see that this outcome is affecting how the brain develops, you know, that's now where we're seeing that, like, if you are missing a lot of things or a lot of things are being added, then you put the alcohol and drugs into it. It could be a, a, a significant reason why someone ends up having problems with alcohol and drug use and why someone might not. And it isn't just the substances being added. It could be some of those other ingredients and factors as well. I think that would be something more relatable for, you know, teenagers and adolescents about what can happen when you add drugs and alcohol into the developing brain, as opposed to imagining it being like smashed or crushed. And now all of a sudden, like life is over. It's like, no, this is what happens when you start to add it into the mix. What happens when you start and you have all these other things going on and when you're look at what you're brain can develop into as this happens um now would that be as an exciting commercial probably not would that scare people you know teenagers and adolescents from drugs probably not would that give them more education and lead to a better dialogue and discussion about what could happen in order for them to make more informed decisions yeah i'm very hopeful it would and i'm saying hopeful but i know it's been helpful because it's what I've used when I've talked with teenagers and adolescents. 
the other way I've talked about it is maybe you're not an omelet fan or relating to cooking isn't helping you see this connection with the developing brain, right? So here's my other one is that this the, the brain is often compared to a computer, right? Which strangely enough, like there's still some debate on whether or not like that's an accurate comparison. However, like in effort to understand um, this comparison, there actually is a, a man who is out there to create a complete map of the human brain to chart where every neuron connects to every other one. The, the problem is the brain has more connections than the Milky Way has stars. So just one millionth of the organ contains more information than all of the written works in the Library of Con- Congress. Isn't that crazy? Um, a map of the brain would represent the single largest data set ever collected. So it's kind of looked at as a, as a computer, but I kind of look at it as sort of like a machine, right? And like a simple machine, you know, a machine with like a conveyor belt, okay? And this machine's taking a lot of time to build. As a matter of fact, it's going to take years to fully develop, around 25 to 28, roughly. However, this machine is going to be running and functioning as it develops. So we are working on putting the parts together, referring again to the, the risk factors, the protective factors. These are different parts and pieces that are going into the machine. Here we are again with like a mix and match. Sometimes it's even, sometimes it's slightly shifted towards another and other times it's extremely unbalanced. Someone might have checked off all the risk factors and none of the protective factors. Someone might have a lot of protective factors and they might have very minimal risk factors. When you add alcohol and drugs into the machine and it goes through its parts, It will impact what comes out. And this happens more and more as alcohol and drugs go through the machine to the point where it almost becomes a part of how that machine functions, which ultimately impacts how that machine works and the output. Output meaning behaviors, ways of thinking, coping, handling situations, and so forth. When you look at it from like an engineering standpoint, and the idea of this is a machine, here are parts when something gets put through it, it, you know, depending on what goes on inside, it's going to make it a difference. And our bodies and brains in general are not that different. So when you add drugs and alcohol and it goes through the brain, it's going to have an impact. That impact is different for different people. The results are different, but there's going to be an interaction. It's going to have an impact. Now, here's something else you want to look at, right? When this happens for years, continuously, and we start to see some problems and issues, I think it can be as simple fixes. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think that it's just a simple fix then when there's some problems. Like, we'll we'll just take care of this or just do that. Like, we'll just shut it down for um, a little bit of maintenance and the ride will be open. Well, you ever been to a a place where it said this ride's only shut down for this amount of time and it ends up being much longer than anticipated? It's crazy to think that after all these years of developing it, that it's gone into 
developing this machine, our brain, that when we try and do things like teach new coping skills, that it's just going to be so easy as taking away something and putting something new into place. This has been years of development. Where That's where I say it, it's now become part of that machine. And taking that apart is not as easy. It's not like wrong to think that alcohol and drugs can lead to devastating implications, like as represented by the, the pan smashing the egg. However, it does not happen to most people at first use. You know, what is more concerning is what the omelet is going to taste like with the additional ingredients or missing ingredients or how the machine works and the outcomes it produces years at just being built and running. We're talking about like short-term rewards and impact versus what could be long-term developmental ones. You know, one of the most noticeable impacts of like the developing brain is when you're working with someone, in my experience as a counselor, right, who someone experiencing problems with alcohol and drugs has been diagnosed with a use disorder and you notice their like inability to cope, you know, like their emotional regulation is really stunted when the alcohol and drug use starts to increase and become more prevalent. I might be working with someone who is 25 or 35 and they have like the emotional regulation and behaviors at times like mirroring those of like a 15 year old. So when we look at their maturing, stopping and not being able to grow because of the use, it's their brain that has developed in a way that has impacted those areas. Then you start working with someone again on developing new coping skills and finding ways to think, deal with their emotions, even feel just feel them. You know, drugs and alcohol can be so numbing that I've had people tell me how many years it's been since they've had that good old belly laugh. Now, when we start to add the right ingredients, remove the harmful ones, um, removing the harmful pieces and adding in effective ones, you do that and things can change. You That's where they talk about you can work on like rewiring the brain. And that's a scary thing for people in recovery. It it really is. It's a tough thing to process with people who are in their later years and questioning what their mind would be like if they never introduced alcohol and drugs to it. And that tells me they understand that alcohol and drug use impacted their brain. And what they did because of that impacted their life. And it didn't mean they died or even ended up incarcerated or in institutions, which is what the smashing of the egg leads to believe. There are plenty of people I work with who do not go experience any of those three. They're at risk of it, that's for sure. But when they look back and wonder how they're thinking, how their thought process, how their emotions might have been without alcohol and drugs and the damage it has done, it just shows like that's the potential impact alcohol and drug use can have on the developing brain and not really recognizing until even like 10, 20 years later. So that's where it's not like trying to scare them into it, but it's just trying to educate and inform in a way that gets them to see that. 
you know, the approach with educating teenagers and adolescents on alcohol and drugs, you know, can't be scare tactics. Because by the time a lot of people start talking to them about it, they've either experienced it, they don't trust what we say, or they learn about it from other people. But the truth is, the concerning part is really what happens when alcohol and drugs is added into the mix of the developing brain. And this is more of that informed approach that we are looking for. So I want to give three tips, really, for any adolescent, youth, or even anyone concerned about someone, a youth that might be using, or anyone that works in a profession is... So here's some three tips, right? Number one, age of brain development. It's so important to realize the impact of introducing substances and certain behaviors to the brain through its development. So really remember that the brain development doesn't finalize till that 25, 28-year time span. And when you introduce substances to it in behaviors, and you might do that more often, more frequently, that you're that is impacting the likelihood someone is going to potentially develop a problem. Remember that statistically, the chances of really addiction after the age of 21 use is, is 9%. That is significant. And remember, 90% of all addictions start in adolescent years. So if you think of waiting until some of those later years, which I know is very difficult, very challenging. Um, But by doing so, you just basically continue to decrease the likelihood that you'll have an issue with substance use and other behaviors. Number two, omelets and machines. (laughs) Pay attention to what omelets you are cooking and what machines you're building. Instead of thinking about the pan smashing the egg, think more of what ingredients you're mixing into the omelets you're making and what machine you're building and the output that's happening with it. The third one is really short-term use and long-term development. And this is really important with this stuff is that the use of alcohol substances and engaging in behaviors is often short-lived. We're talking seconds, minutes, maybe hours. The rewards or the escape may provide some temporary relief or some enjoyment. However, the long-term impact is what can change how the brain works and functions, therefore affecting you possibly for the rest of your life. Nick Sheff and David Sheff, um, and there's a lot to talk about them, but Nick Sheff wrote... A book, um, Hi, Growing Up on Methamphetamine, his father, David Sheff, wrote um, A Beautiful Boy, turned into an Amazon movie. They, they actually wrote a book together called Hi. And the whole point of this is their approach wasn't just say no, N-O, but just say no, K-N-O-W. So the more youth know and are educated, they have a better likelihood of making better informed 
decisions and educating them on what happens with you know drug use and behaviors in the developing brain gives them more of an opportunity to make better informed decisions as opposed to trying to scare them away from not doing it ever which I don't feel very hopeful of that being the approach to address this all. So if you are a teen or an adolescent, you know, just think about how this could impact your brain as it develops through one of those most important time frames in your life. And not just the immediate impact, but the long-term impact. You know, think about those statistics of starting later and the significant reduction of risk for addiction if you do. And also looking at the need to develop coping skills prior to that. I am a firm believer in trying to develop coping skills for children, youth, and adolescents very early on because they're not, they're not born with us. They're not given to us. And when we start trying to keep, teach people coping skills after all these years of using alcohol and drugs, it becomes a, a significant challenge. So teaching them coping skills younger could be a significant game changer along with starting alcohol and drug use later. If you're a parent, an educator, a, a mental health professional, substance use professional, uh, law enforcement, social worker, I mean anyone who works with teenagers and adolescents, I encourage you to talk to them more about alcohol and drugs or other behaviors. But when you don't, when you do, don't use that same an effective tactic is the brain on drugs commercial. You know, help them to understand more about what might happen when the developing brain is introduced to substances and ways in which that could lead to more dialogue or discussion. This is such an important topic, so I was I was glad to really be able to talk about it here because alcohol and drug use prevention, education, resources are so important for youth. And giving them information to be able to understand what happens and give them more flexibility to make more informed decisions is going to be crucial in helping to achieve that. Thanks for listening, and I hope you learned something by talking about your brain on drugs.